0: Dearly beloved, we have gathered here together to talk about the erotic and a little bit of monster fucking. That's right. This is Watch With You After Dark. Beyoncé gave us Renaissance. Her album is full of Black speculative fiction and invites imagination. It is also a gateway to the erotic. So tonight, we are having a Renaissance dance party, and we're going to talk about the erotic side of Black speculative fiction. I'm Lady H, with me is Lady D, Good evening, everybody. And we have invited two of our faves that you already know. So we're going to start with Madame Lizette. She is going to introduce herself and name your favorite cut of the album, please.
1: Hello, hello. I am happy to be back. My favorite cut is All Up In Your Mind. We will discuss why later. What's good,
2: y'all? I am Lady A. So happy to be back speaking with you all. And my favorite cut changes day by day, but currently it is move.
0: All right, now. So this is part three of exploring the spokes of Black speculative fiction. The first was with M. Haynes and the overview of what Black speculative fiction is. The second was Lovecraft Country, where we called the show the best example of Black speculative fiction can be in one project. Today, we're going to explore Black speculative fiction through music, in particular, Beyonce's Renaissance, and how it is a gateway to the erotic. In 1975, Audre Lorde delivered one of her landmark papers, Uses of the Erotic, Erotic is Power, to the Berkshire Conference on the History of Women. We touched on the aspects of power of the erotic when we discussed the character of Hippolyta in Lovecraft Country. I will link the essay in the show notes. We're going to continue that discussion with the more pleasurable pursuits. Audrey says, the very word erotic comes from the Greek word eros, the personification of love in all its aspects, born of chaos and personifying creative power and harmony. When I speak of the erotic, then I speak of it as an assertion of the life force of women, of that creative energy, empowered, The knowledge and use of which we are now reclaiming in our language, our history, our dancing, our loving, our work, and our lives. There is more to it. but I'm going to stop right there because I want to ask you all, when we start with the album going around our blocks and starting with you, Lady D, where were you when the album dropped and what did you think of your first listen of it?
3: I really don't know where I was when the album dropped. I was probably still at work. So as goes my life. Um, My first listen, I hate to say it as much as I love Beyonce, I didn't exactly like it. And I went and bought the whole album from Target because I wanted to support her as always. And I like to have physical, tangible things. And I was a little disappointed on my first listen. I
1: wasn't like the rest of the world. So for me, I was at home. It was a work from home day that Friday. So I turned it on while I was getting dressed and it made me go, oh, break my soul makes more sense as a single. And then it also made me go, I'm going to play this a lot. I want to go dancing. I want to go dancing. I want to go dancing. Every time I told my boyfriend, I want to go dancing. He's like, you want to go clubbing? And I'm like, no. No that's not the same thing. And so the Beyonce album is what I tell him is what I mean when I want to go dancing. I want good music, good vibes, positivity, and just the ability to like shake my ass all over the place and do whatever I want to and just like feel good. And that's what the Beyonce album did for me.
2: So I was also at home eagerly anticipating the drop I was super tired from working on set. Um, and so I was forcing myself to stay up. When it dropped, I was definitely like Madame Lizette. In the context of the album as a whole, Break My Soul made a lot more sense, even though I was really feeling it outside of it. Um, I just thought to myself, like, OMG, this is why I stan Beyonce, because it was different. It was a little raunchy. It was... It made me get up and dance. I was literally sweating until like 1.30 in the morning. I mean, it was just everything. So for me, first time listening through, I was like, oh, this is the one. And the girl done done it again. child. Amazing.
0: Awesome. So Lady D, you know you're in a hot seat. Yes. Okay. So that was your first listen where you said that you weren't feeling it. If you've had more time with the album, do you still feel that way? Or has your opinion changed a bit?
3: I think when I first pulled it out, so here's the deal. I don't get to listen to the radio much anymore. So I didn't hear any of the singles before the album came out. So literally my first listen was opening the rapper, pulling out the CD and sticking it in the CD player in the car on my way home. And I guess more or less the first song, I'm that girl, the first I guess, what is that? Minute of the song. It's nothing but cussing. And I guess I was just thrown by that. And it just set the stage for me. I just wasn't, I don't know. I just wasn't ecstatic. And I listened and I got to Alien Superstar. I was like, okay, that one's cool. I do like that one. And I like Cuff It. And then I kind of listened to the rest. I was like, okay. So my first listen, I wasn't so super into it. I've listened to it maybe three or four times in total. And I think I've gotten better with it. I like the samples and things like that. And I think I think I just needed to grow on me. Okay. Well,
0: so Beyonce as an artist has played in the Black speculative in myriad ways. She has touched on the Black Southern Gothic in Lemonade, Haunted, on her Beyonce album really flirted with the horror aesthetic in both lyric and in visuals. Beyonce has also evoked the Orishas and the spirituality of water throughout about three or four of her projects and the references of Daughters of the Dust and of course of the African and Afro-futuristic visual aesthetic on Black is King. But So far, Beyoncé has relied and utilized visuals to getting her ideas and messages across to deepen the lyrics of her music. At the time of this recording, visuals have not been released for the album. So that means that the use of Black spectrality is in the lyrics and the productions. So I ask you, uh, Lady D, you said that you liked Cuff It and Alien Superstar. If you want to talk about that a little bit deeper, I'm asking all of you to talk about your favorite tracks, lyrics, or moments of the album. Or which song do you want? Alien Superstar or Cuff It?
3: Um, I guess Alien Superstar.
0: Okay.
4: I'm number one. I'm the only one. Unique. That's what you are. Stilettos kicking vintage crystal off the bar. Category: Bad bitch. I'm the bar. Alien superstar, Whipped, whipped.
0: Get it, Lady A. Okay. I mean, I can (laughs) song. You ready to keep going? Cause
3: I Lady A is like getting her groove on over there. I
0: mean,
4: (laughs) I not
0: (laughs) so what part of that song did we even hit the part that was your
3: favorite moment of the song or the whole song? Like, you know, I'm being stingy with my love she references the first song within the song so she's tying each track together look licking him like she's being free in her sexuality she's saying but at the same time i am classy and too good for all of y'all basically you know i'ma do me it's great and the beat is as Lady A was over there getting it in, she was at uh, the adult club, the adult nightclub, not 21 to 30 club. She was at the 35 plus club. You know, there is a difference when you go club, go out
2: to the nightclubs. There is. Then you're at the lounges, my dear, and they're my fave.
4: Yes.
1: <laughs> and they always are like, ma'am, you're too young to be in here. And I'm like, but those are my people. And oh. so it's like, I'm right there on the cuz. But I've yeah. always like, I, I want to go to clubs and be cute and dance in my section by myself. I don't want all these hot bodies on me. <laughs> I'm
2: done dancing. I want to sit down and sip my little drink and talk my shit. And then exactly. when the next song comes on, I want to get up again. See,
1: I need that option. And I want my spot to still be my spot when I'm doing all of these things. She gets it. So I've been kicking it with the older crowd my whole life because that's what I was used to. <laughs> but I'm always the baby I like being in this crowd
3: So yeah, I, I like Alien Superstar It's just embracing everything That makes us women We get oh, to control we get to- who we are Despite what the world wants to tell us But we do get to control who we are And what we do, what we don't do What we do with our sex Who we give it to, who we don't give it to
0: Alien Superstar is one of my favorites too And I'm going to play the section That is the moment of the song for me so that's unique, <laughs> uh, <wait. laughs> I am told totally you, Lady
3: moved. H, was gonna break out in song at some point.
0: I'm sorry, I can't stop saying it. Random
1: ties of the day. <laughs> It's it's infectious. Beyonce really got us out here saying one word just just because.
0: And we can say it with different inflections and we all know what it means. Exactly. (laughs) That part. Well, Madame Lizette, the next cut is yours. What is your favorite song, lyric, or
1: moment of the album? So my favorite song is All Up In Your Mind. My favorite moment is like every single transition, to be honest. (laughs) that's that's real (laughs) because like the transition from thick to all up in your mind is beautiful it starts like 45 seconds before all up in your mind starts but she sets the tempo to let you know we're gonna like slow it down a little bit we're gonna get a little dramatic with it and one of the reasons why I love all up in your mind is yes it is a like I would say if you have to talk about is it a healthy relationship type of situation or not, it's not. She is a woman who is obsessed with a man and she's trying to do everything she can to make that man love her. But in the grand scheme of things, a lot of women, myself personally, that's how I love. Like, I love on people to the point that you can't say, damn it, I don't like that girl. If you decide you don't like me, that's a personal problem. (laughs) (laughs) I
4: am very much Hey, talk
1: your shit. I am very much so a person that, I tell people all the time, I picked my friends. I met a group of people in high school that I absolutely were like, oh, these are my people. And I decided I was always going to like be there for them, be supportive of them. And in that way, me picking them, they picked me back, right? And that doesn't always work. Everyone's not going to pick you back. But in my experience, they pick you back, right? And this is one of those songs where she's just like, I'm going to make you feel what I feel. Because I know that I'm right for you. And it's a lot, it's a little chaotic. It's a little obsessive. It's dark and deep. And so since we're talking about speculative fiction as the, I like to write smut every once in a while. The story that I keep playing in my head is either she or the main female character is a witch or a vampire and has the ability to use magic to make a person fall in love with them. But that goes against, like, the cardinal rule. You can't use magic to make a person fall in love with you. So instead, she decides to use, like, things that she knows that he likes. Where's his favorite color? Puts on her his favorite perfume smell. Does errands for him that other people won't do. Like, that kind of thing. So that he's like, wow, she's always around when I need her. I really like her. I really enjoy her. Not recognizing that she's making him do this because she's doing all these things that she knows will make him like her. I have not written this story yet, but every time I listen to the song, that's what pops in my head.
3: (laughs) So, can you write that, please? I was
2: about to say, (laughs) I would like to read this.
1: Um, I will will buy. I look, I will buy a copy, download a copy, whatever. I'm on a writing sabbatical right now. I've been like reading a lot more, just kind of expanding my ideas. But because I love this song so much, I'm always thinking about how can I bring this story to life. So I'm going to write it. I just have to. Being one of my likes, we're going to crank out, you know, a thousand words for no reason. And then once I get it cranked out, I will send it to you guys and see what you say.
4: I tried to get all up in your mind. It stops at a that I want to make you mine. I tried to get all up in your mind. I'm through the time that it means I'm making my my eyes get, I really like a smile stops the time, yeah, I stay here for a while you give me that
0: I saw Lady A getting it and I'm just cracking up because we had the same movements. I'm just not on camera. <laughs> I love that. There is this Twitter account called Six Black Chicks.
1: Have you heard of that
0: Twitter account? Yes, ma'am. It's been a
1: long time since I've been over there in those neck of the woods.
0: Woo chop. So recently, one of the questions that came through was from a, I'm going to paraphrase, was from a woman who said that her trifling baby daddy is back because he broke into her house after she broke up with him and sprayed cologne in all of the rooms. And then when she took him back, he laughed in her face because it worked. See he got a, all up in her mind. I using support the control. energy.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I support the energy. <laughs> and the next choice is yours, Lady A.
2: Yay. Okay. Well I have loved first of all, like I said at the beginning, um Honestly, every song is my favorite song, okay? Like I love this album a lot um, and I have listened to it a lot. But if I had to pick, I would pick Move. And it's because um, in addition to singing and acting, all that stuff, I love to dance. My cousin, Lady D, could tell you I am always the first one on the dance floor at any type of familial or social interaction. I do not care if I'm out there by myself. I do not care if no one can keep up. I love it. And so Move literally, obviously with all the other songs as well, but Move literally made me like jump out of my my chair and and move also the legend of grace jones and just like the way she's so swaggy on this track you guys and so i don't
1: know this one just really does it for me move is perfect honestly grace jones is so perfect and as someone who like didn't listen to grace jones album because i wasn't born at that time to hear her rapping on that track it's like yo she is a legend. This is so dope. Like I get to experience this, this is dope.
2: Agreed, 100%. Lady H, hook me up.
4: Move out the way. I'm with my girls and we all need space. When the queen comes through tight like the rest say. Move How out the out way. Many How time? many times I'ma say it? It's is a home, home run baby? with a clean touch base. Spruck up, bitch, up, bitch, up. Bumble be like we that come up. Don't make it turn into trouble
0: where like I... right. so was me. Lady A, you were talking about Grace Jones. Listen. Yes, queen. This was one of my this is like secondary one of my picks, and the section that we played is this section that I love the most because it is Grace Jones and she to me is the black speculative queen I remember her in Conan and the vampire movie which I can't remember right now so she had all of these roles and just so striking as an a model as an actress as a performer with the androgynous look but always powerful the alien superstar before there was a song for it it was grace jones yes you said the alien superstar you know
3: she used to scare me as a child what girl why you can't just drop that and bounce
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean she is intimidating
3: right (laughs) yes i mean as a child okay first of all everything that i saw her in was things i wasn't supposed to be watching in the first damn place so i was sneaking you know, your parents like you can't watch that. And you they're watching it and you sneak in your head in the room where you're not supposed to watch it while they're, you know, because they're watching. You want to see what they're watching and everything. I watched her and, you know, she was very yeah, intimidating. Like Madam was uh, said, she was tall. She has this thin chiseled face and chiseled body. I, I, I was a little person. I was
0: scared. Not now, but, you know, as a little person, I was just like E.T. scared me. So, no, I agree with E.T. E.T., that's the work of the devil. But what I really heard was that your scary ass, it was scared because, not necessarily because of her, because you were doing something you had no business doing.
3: That <laughs> was not the point of that whole no.
1: thing at I'm all. <laughs> you, know, you changed it all up on <laughs> I was oh, like, how
2: dare you? That is
1: not okay. the point. Bye, bye, bye.
2: Okay. Just
3: being honest, little me you know little 5 year old me versus the age that I am me
0: they're they're two different places in life you know what I understand i do
2: i think for me with gracious i'm a little bit i'm i'm few years older than you madam Lazette, but um it was still, grace jones and her um her whole kind of like rise to fame it was was still a bit before my time but once i discovered her i was i wasn't scared of her like lady d i was i was intrigued i didn't know what was going on i was like this is a beautiful being i wasn't sure Uh, Whether she was a a woman or a man, I kind of didn't care. I liked that I didn't know. I don't know. It was just, like, a lot going on. And I was like, this is the most beautiful being that I've
1: ever seen. I don't know Mm -hmm. what's going on, but I like it. See? For me, too, as, like, a chocolate baby. But then you see, like, she's not chocolate. She's, like, a nice charcoal black. Like, her skin is gorgeous. And they always put her in very... Strong and androgynous position, so you're like, I'm not sure, but also like, I'm drawn to this person. For her, for Beyonce to be able to call him like, you want to do this song for me, please, and Grace to be like, sure. Yeah, and Grace because... said, like made music in how long? It, yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. and she's infamous to like of not really fooling with a lot of people. So the fact that Beyonce even got her to do this is just wow, wow, wow. The power.
0: Hmm. And I'm so glad that she did. I grew up, I mean, everybody knows I'm from Baltimore and I'm from over West, but I grew up in the West Indian section of Baltimore City. So I heard music and didn't necessarily locate them with the specific artist. So in like 94 or so, when Petra did Pull Up To Your Bumper and I was singing along to it, my mother was like, and I was like, how do I know the words to that? What's wrong? And we got in trouble. No, Lisa. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you also didn't grow up in the same community I did. Like, no, nah, we. I knew the words and I heard it because they played the original, which was Grace Jones. And my mom was like, you know the words because that's a remake of Grace Jones. I was like, oh. Until then, I did not know that she was a singer. I only associated her with Boomerang and Vamp and Conan, and all these other roles that she did, not that she was a singer. And then my aunt was like, you know, her brother's a bishop, right? Like, no, I had no idea. I think that that also speaks to the Black spectrality of the album to have someone like Grace Jones come on and be a part of the album because she brings with her not just her voice and presence, but also who she is. And for younger generations who might not know who she is. And then we'll go back and watch those movies or those shows that I referenced, so, and more. I'm gonna pick a song and it is Pure Honey. And the reason why I am choosing this song to best reflect black speculative fiction is because a lot of what we hear Uh, that's ghostly or haunting in this album to me are the echoes and the voices of people who are no longer here. So we hear that with Donna Summer and Summer Renaissance, but we also hear it here in Moi Renee, Miss Honey. And I think, again, growing up in Baltimore in the 90s and Baltimore Club Music, we had somebody called Miss Tony love miss tony miss tony is no longer with us but i think that using the dance forms the myriad dance forms that beyonce used in this album and being a study of the genres she is invoking a lot of people who are no longer with us through their voice and their presence and that itself is spectral is haunting so i'm going to play a little bit of pure honey
4: It's pure, bad bitches to the left, money bitches to the right, you can be both, meet in the middle, dance all night, take it all off, or just a little, if you like, it's pure it should cost a billion to look this good oh yeah but she make it look easy because she got it check my technique you can find the one when the tempo good wanna touch my technique oh three two fucking busy
1: okay that was pure honey so listening to that it's an anime that they made into a live action called cowboy bebop so basically it's a space cowboy anime and one of the characters on there, her name is Miss Ann, and she played by a Black woman. And I want to say in the show, she is a Black woman, but I'm not 100% sure. But she's played by a Black woman in the live action. And she owns like a speakeasy bar type situation. And that song just made me think about like when she says, don't my girls look so yummy? Like her having her pick of whatever her talent's going to be that night. And putting on this great show and just being this woman in power who has cultivated all these like white men to come and be entertained by like the things and the people that she picks. And I think that's dope. So shout out to you, JJ.
2: I love that you brought up Cowboy Bebop because I just started getting more into in the last few years this type of genre this like sci-fi anime speculative fiction vibe and I absolutely adored Cowboy Bebop. I know that it was polarizing but I freaking loved it and I feel like you're spot on with that.
1: I think the live action was very good and I'm a person who like watched the original from the early 90s of the anime. I think that it expanding on things that we didn't get to necessarily see because the anime is only like 27 episodes long so it's a lot of stuff is crammed in there but on a television show you can tell longer stories and everything and you can develop the characters better but I understand why people were upset and didn't like it but I don't think it should have gotten the hate that it got I was obsessed
0: <laughs> listen as soon as Madame Lizette mentioned how we bebop I said if Lady A does not jump on here Say something about Cowboy Bebop because she gave us you gave us a list. I of did. <laughs> fiction that you were down with. Lovecraft Country on the list. Altered Carbon on the list. Oh, so good. Cowboy Bebop on the list. So I was like, "Uh-oh, somebody's speaking your language tonight." <laughs>
1: yes. Um, Cowboy Bebop is so good and you like so good. you don't have to like anime to enjoy it. It is just a very good show. Also, it has one of the best intro songs ever. It's jazzy. It's all outdoors. Like, that's really what Cowboy Bebop is. It's a speakeasy in television show format. Like, it's just, it's jazzy. Everyone's cool in their own way. There's a villain. There's someone for you not to like. There's an organization for you not to like. You really like all your main characters. Like, it's just a very well-crafted show. I agree wholeheartedly. Awesome. So,
0: we talked a little bit about our favorite songs on the album. Is there any other song or track that you said, "Listen, we can't not talk about this song that we haven't already mentioned?"
2: Y'all okay. I also Okay, I'm going to say it again. You're going to be like, "Stop saying this. I love every song on the album." Okay. But America has a problem, guys. I and I'm not going to lie, like you know, Beyoncé has stepped more into a political space, I feel like, as her career has evolved. And so I was like, okay, what is this going to be about, you know? And then I played it and she was just like, I'm a bad bitch. Purr. And I was like, yeah. So I feel like we
1: should play that. <laughs> Either that or thick. Because Beyoncé, whoever decided to turn Beyoncé out, I appreciate you, sis. I really, period, because like, I, really, like, I am. I appreciate it. And I was like, you are, you are, <laughs> you are,
2: like, you are.
1: And, like, Cuffy is another one of those that's just like, oh, I'm having so much fun right now. There's so many songs that it's hard to, like, pick your favorite. And I know I have mine. And that's more so because it, like, makes me feel something creatively. But every song, it just makes you feel something. I will say, though, Church Girls. Is very near and dear to my heart because all the black women I know who go to church on Sundays, we all had a story for that song.
2: <laughs> Okay. I'm really glad Madam Lizette that you brought that up because I don't even know how we got this far into this recording without mentioning Church Girl. First of all, the sample, I know some people were like, what is going on? But the sample (laughs) is perfect. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's perfect. And then when I was like, no, this is a twerk anthem. I know that's right. Like I just, her mind.
1: People were expecting a ballad about how she loves Jesus and she was yes, like and actually she said drop it like a thotty and i was like <laughs> i will 100% do
2: that no problem
1: like i want to know what the clark sisters thought when they heard the track they were like
2: that's something
4: we <laughs> thought he was going to do what i song <laughs> <Like, laughs>
1: but like my great grandfather was the first he was great he was a pastor and so my family was first family and my mom tells me so many stories about having to go to church on sundays but also going out clubbing on Friday or on Saturday, Friday nights and Saturday nights and making sure 8 a.m. she was at Bible study and at choir practice and like doing all of those things while also me like and I was most definitely shaking my ass yesterday. Like <laughs>
4: and like um
1: me personally I it was my one of my closest friends was her birthday. The day before I got baptized, I went out for her birthday. We got in at 3 a.m i still had to get baptized at 8 a.m and it was what it was like i had a great time we sat in the back and just kind of leaned on each other and waved when it was right and then i got baptized but i like i turned up because why not like and church girls or women who go to church are multi-dimensional and they don't just have to be stuck in their bible all the time they can be out here kicking it with the rest of you and a lot of them are you just don't know about it because they either keep it a secret or they still do church on Sunday so you just like, never mind, I ain't gonna trip.
3: And see, that is why we listen to one of our favorite podcasts outside of here, Ratchet and Respectable. That's Demetria L. Lucas. We can be multifaceted. We can be ratchet one second, respectable the
2: next, and nobody will be none the wiser. A little R&R never hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. At all. Also, Madam Lizette mentioned earlier, like the transitions like there's all the transitions right are just so seamless um and just done so perfectly but the transition from energy into break my soul was so cool to me because break my soul was the only reference i had initially obviously with the album and so you almost don't even know it's happening like you're jamming out to energy Hear like all this stuff going on, and then you're like, Hold on, this is something I recognize, and all of a sudden, you hear Miss Frida going in. It's so good.
0: so that was church girl you know one thing that we didn't really say about that is in terms of like the spectral when she talks about i'ma let go of this body and being born free it almost talks about an out of body experience also we compared this clark sister song to another clark sister dorinda clark cole and episode three of holy ghost for the lovecraft country episode so you can listen to that episode to hear a little bit more about that comparison
4: and then we said we're
0: gonna go to thick yes
4: ma'am that's that thick That's that ball drop, that's that keep going, that's that never stop, that's that fig, that's that na-na, that uchi cuchi lala. yeah, that's that Fiji aqua, candy girl pinata, hit it in the car and take you back to the casa, uh, that's that Freaknik. that's that 1996, that's that Moon Amy bass. 12 in a trunk, 808, uh, that's that Castro, eat that shit. Okay, that was oh, thick.
0: No and y'all said america has a problem
4: How you got that deep for me? Great love is deep for me. i am make you go eat for me. Make you wait a whole week for me. Like it wants you. No know that booty gon' do what it want to. Can't hit it one time. I know you see this red, red, that's on me. Now coming in. ah ah 80, out the trap. Hit it with the rapper. Put it on the map. Let me write back.
0: That was America Has a Problem. So one song that we didn't really talk about was i think one of my favorites of the album and that is energy so if you look at um my foodies meow account it's like foodies meow has energy and i love that song so can we play a little bit of that and end it with well actually we can go to cuff it into energy and then we can get into the other reason why we're all here which is a monster fucking y'all ready for that i am down yeah
4: Alright. We up the night. i up the night. You, you you, see stars. you, you, Let you, Let you me I feel like falling in love.
0: Well, I think the spectral was kind of obvious with that song. And then we move to energy for our last featured song of the
4: night. It was a stop mode that flows, flows from page Vogue. No pause, just too much, blow clip on load. That's that Kodak like energy, energy. All the things what you know that we doing grind you know i go pop, 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 pop. like that, 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 that. i just want to the country with derangers cuz them cars just turned into terrorists
0: that is my favorite line of like the album you laugh and i'm like i don't enter the country with derangers cuz these cars are turning to terrorists and i was like hey man sister beyonce let me pass the plate around okay <laughs> not
2: one lie told
1: At all, and she meant it with her whole chest.
0: You know, (laughs) I was singing it to my kids, and they were like, What's a derringer? I said, What you need.
1: All right.
0: So, we talked a little bit about Beyonce's Renaissance, the album. There's a lot of sexual freedom, as you said, about a lot of agency, a lot of claiming space, a lot of claiming joy. And uh, the one thing that I thought it would be fun to do is to use this as a gateway to talk about the erotic side of Black speculative fiction. I'm calling it monster fucking if you look it up. I mean, there's a few definitions for it, but I'm going to use the AKA paranormal romance definition, which is essentially having feelings or the fucking in books of cyborgs, of mermaids, of witches, of warlocks of vampires, werewolves, aliens, of the like. So technically, some of y'all like Twilight. That was monster fucking. I'm going to open up the floor to talk about your favorite speculative fiction property. It could be a book. It could be a song. It could be a podcast. It could be a movie, a television show, whatever. And just talk about who is hot, who you'd like to do, or fantasy cast somebody else so you know we keeping it black and black woman centered and femme centered so if you want to say you know who would have been a hot ass Damon for vampire diaries that michael Ealy, go for it so who would like to start us off with the fun side of black speculative fiction and the erotic
1: i'll go Yay! I guess I've already talked about the fact that I want to write a story involving a vampire. I have not figured out if the character she likes will be human or not, but I think so. So that would technically be considered monster fucking. Look at us. Making progress. Um, So as an anime lover, every, like, main character I've ever had a crush on is of other world in some way, shape, or form, whether they are a demon or a warlock, a witch, an alien of some sort. You go down the list of hot anime characters And, like, there you go. (laughs) Um, They're usually not human. Or if they are human, they have, like, supernatural flares to them. One of my current favorite obsessions, I guess you would call it, um, that I have the biggest crush on right now is Gojo. He's from an anime called Jujutsu Kaisen. So, as far as I know right now, there are not Black characters in the show but everybody is Japanese. Like, it's not one of those. We threw a random, like, white woman in this show to make you feel good. They're all clearly Japanese, you can tell. Um, They are sorcerers in a form. Their whole point and purpose is they are able to detect curses and also defeat curses using whatever their supernatural power is. Gojo's power I believe is called Limitless. Basically he creates like a null void where nothing works and it's beautiful um, but it's also super powerful and they've kind of written him as a character that is invincible but I have heard that if you read any of the mangas he is not like there's someone on his level just as powerful, whose powers work the same way. And if I called his power the wrong thing, I apologize. But that would be the one for me, as far as like who's my crush at the moment, that I would consider not human. I think in the show, they technically consider them human, but they are sorcerers of some point. They have these powers. They fight these supernatural creatures. So I would consider them not to be human in my opinion. Um, If I had to pick a character to recast... I want a black Dracula, but not Blackula. Like, I know that there is a black version of Dracula, but not that. Like, I want a Alucard because I've I've watched um, Hellsinger and things like that. I would like a black Alucard. I just don't know exactly who I would pick. Right now, the name that's coming up is Trevante Rose, but I'm not sure if he is dapper enough.
0: But that's what I see. Uh, When you talk about Dracula or a vampire do you mean dracula in particular or any vampire
1: outside of like blade any vampire honestly if i could be reborn i would like to be a vampire that's always been like my favorite um monster in a form next to like can i own a dragon please um so um vampires have always been my thing they've always kind of been characters that I think are usually written pretty well and they always have like a mystique about them and their lives and what goes on with them I've always gravitated towards that kind of content and that's my favorite kind of monster
0: okay well let me put a non-paid plug for Anne Rice's interview with a vampire that's going to be on AMC and AMC plus the um, guy who I believe is playing Louis I'm going to check right now is um jacob anderson who was gray worm from game of thrones i'm
3: excited about that show so you put the plug out there that's like the one i was gonna say i'd like to recast
4: oh to whom you don't like gray worm no
1: interview with (laughs) that she was talking about interview with the vampire i know but the guy who plays gray worm is playing louis in the show is what i'm saying oh well here's the thing i didn't watch game of thrones
3: so i don't have a clue who he is
1: okay 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 (laughs) then you're all forgiven <laughs> okay
3: thank you I was like yeah I guess if we're gonna do anything who we could redo interview with a vampire because at this point it's a classic and I always like me at Michael Ely so I can put him in any freaking character I just like to look in his eyes no matter what so <laughs> he can be cast recast in the movie show I don't care I have a, a small obsession but we do know anytime he's in something, he's gonna be crazy.
1: I know my boyfriend watched For Color Girls and another one, a show that he was in. I can't remember what it, what movie it was called, but like he has literal beef with him over just like those couple <laughs> of characters. And I keep telling him, like, but he is that's not how he is in real life. And he was like, Mm-mm. he plays those roles too well to not have a little <laughs> crazy <piercing> in him. <laughs> He's, I get
4: it. Like, I get it.
2: He's just, like, super intense, which is why I feel like he would be a great vampire. I know. Like, I don't know which who
3: I'd cast him as, but he'd be one of the main characters. He just needs
1: to be in it. <laughs> and he needs to live. Like, no, he can't be a victim. He gotta be out here just like, I need him in all the movies. If there's, like, 18 movies, he has to be in every single last one of them. I'm glad it's not just me. It's not. And that got me thinking... Actually, I would change out Trevante Rhodes for Aldous Hodge because I think that man was sent from God. Ooh, wow,
2: that is a <laughs> man. Look at you. Okay, wow, <laughs> wow is right. What a specimen.
0: Well, since you brought up Aldous Hodge, Aldis Hodge was my pick, and uh, not only will he be in Black Adam as Hawkman, so that's one form of speculative fiction in the superhero genre, but in the alternative history, he was in underground, very sexy. And, like, I guess throughout time and space, he's always my pick in whatever he does. I don't even need him casting anything else. Just show up.
2: <laughs> I think my current obsession is Reggae Jean Page. Oh, I was about to say him too. I just. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, I know we're talking about black speculative fiction, but when I saw him in Bridgerton and the things he did to that spoon, it made me feel things. And I was just like, it's a spoon. How? But man, just put him in all the things. And honestly, I also, as far as a favorite monster goes, I also really love vampires. So I'm kind of glad that we're on that tip right now. And I was really obsessed with True Blood. And so one of my favorite characters on that particular show was Eric Northman, who was played by Alexander Skarsgård. But if I had to recast, I would put Rage on Page as him.
0: Is that because uh, we got full front and nudity and that's what you're hoping to get? Perhaps. <laughs> I don't blame you. Okay.
2: <laughs> I do feel like he has the swag this kind of this able to channel the sinister energy that he had but you know I mean that that helps
1: well he can just be in just about anything it doesn't matter yeah I want to see him in more things honestly so I could see him as a vampire I think he'd actually be very good as a vampire
3: Mm -hmm. he was definitely wearing you know uh his costumes very well in Bridgerton so you know just
1: throw some teeth in there a little blood
2: Or no costume, (laughs) that too.
1: Yeah, what are clothes? Clothes are unnecessary. I don't understand.
3: And vampire fucking is always
1: intense, so you know we don't. It is, and it's always super, super passionate. They make sex look even more enjoyable than like what we know sex to be, and it's just like, wow, how do I get there?
0: Because
3: they have no soul anymore, so they're feeling it through the sex.
1: (laughs) I can see that. I will say, I read this. On Twitter and I don't remember what account it was but they were talking about monster fucking I don't know how it came up but I found the thread and I was like interesting and they made a very good point that a lot of monster fucking that we see in movies and things for the most part when the love the main character one of the main characters is a monster of some sort sex is always consensual and it's always passionate and it's always otherworldly and they shoot it from the perspective of like you're having your mind blown and you're being transported and having that out-of-body experience like JJ was saying about the Beyonce lyric they make it look enjoyable I guess there are some shows that they like to break the female character with the monster because of course um, trauma is necessary but in scenes where it's meant to be a loving trusting fulfilling experience it's normally like do I have your consent to do this? Are you prepared to do this? I remember reading Twilight when he decides to turn Bella, when Edward decides to turn Bella and they're having sex for the first time and he asked her for consent. Are you sure we do this? I'm going to turn you. You're going to be with me forever. You're going to officially become undead. All of like, everything's going to change. And he still made a point to ask her of that. And then Stephanie Meyer did a great job to describe very good sex, right? Or at least give us a a brush of what let our imaginations roam and figure out if they had good sex or not but it's always consensual for the most part and I appreciate that because it looks even more enjoyable the fact that you know both characters want it and it's not like a one way or someone being forced and having no control
0: I think that's a really good point because if you have different anatomies to try to figure out comfort and what goes where and what people are willing to accept and do. Good communication is a part of it and acceptance about body. That's the whole point of the allegory of monster fucking or of romance or erotica in sci-fi. It was originally to talk about queer relationships and you know, so the outside insider or just the otherworldliness of attraction. But you know, from that point, it's it's also a great representation of the disability community because do you have to, like, with cyborgs or with other adaptions that a person may need or adaptations a person may need to, first, you're deserving of pleasure, but to experience it with a, a partner who cares.
2: That's an excellent point. And I just wanted to just tag on you guys. Like, all this conversation um, reminded me of the sample of the speech at the end of Alien Superstar Beyonce when she samples the um the Barbara Ann Tear speech and she's saying like, you know, we talk a certain way, we paint a certain way. She says we make a we make love a certain way. All these things we do in a different, unique, specific way. It just made me think about what she was referring to in that piece. And that's at the end of Alien Superstar.
0: Amen. Amen to that. Lady D. Every time uh, one of us jumps up with somebody, you say, I was going to say that. So before anybody can steal your thunder, was there anyone else you wanted to recast or any established character that you want to say, that's the one right there?
3: Now, because actually in regards to like television uh, monster shows, I don't watch that many.
0: It's kind of weird. I love okay. vampires, but I don't watch any of the vampire shows. Well, that's okay. But think about some of the fan fiction that you read or any of the other books that you read, or aka the paranormal romance. Um, any of those that you would recommend or lift up right now? The only one that I would say, well, actually there's two series, but there's a
3: lot of people in these series. If anybody uses the dream dream a app there's a series by lord g called what well, starts with the alpha prince and his bride um, and it's a werewolf prince and the um you know his family and interactions how you know they're hated by some people and they're the saviors but anyway it's a really good series it's got like a gazillion books so that I would be interested but there's way too many characters in that book to be casting it because there's everybody ends up intertwining going into the next series but it's a good series to read oh and that one also has um vampires in it too
0: well I have a question uh do The human uh, or actually how they present the werewolf or the vampire presents are they black people or no not in this series so
3: it could be recast as black people but I said there's way too many characters I haven't even thought about it but there are a couple of them that I've read in the app where it's not said but it's implied by descriptions of people's skin tone but Get me to telling you which one at the moment? I've read so many of them. I can't tell you. (laughs) But that's about it. If she sold it to a studio, it could be turned into a television show with multiple seasons because it's got multiple books and they're all
1: intertwined. So since we're like talking about fiction and stories and fan fiction and trying to find things to read, popped in my head about like how I was trying to find monster fucking stories and on my Kindle and that is not easy put out there but you can use Kindle to like your how would I say you could use it for your kinks basically so I think what I ended up doing was instead of going through and like going African-American romance and seeing if I could find what I was looking for there or even trying to look in fantasy I just typed in like black woman or black love or romance And then Monster and seeing if that'll pull up what I was looking for. Or Monster and Demon. Because sometimes Demon will help. And it'll give you more than just Demon-related characters. You might get werewolves. You might get vampires and stuff like that. But it also um, caused me to kind of tumble down a, Oh, that looks interesting. Ooh, that looks interesting. Um, And I came across this book that I'm reading right now. It's called A Soul to Keep. I just found it. I'm like 56%, 54% in And it's about a dust walker. And basically what dust walkers are. Are whatever they consume. So they start out as demons. But if they eat birds or humans. Or things of that nature. They start to look more similarly to those animals. And take on those characteristics. So this particular dust walker looks more like a wolf. Like he has a wolf skull as a head. It has claw similarly to a wolf its rib cage is similar to what a wolf's ribs cage was looked like and then when it transforms into its more animalistic form it looks like a very large demon but he's basically been coming to earth every 10 years to find a bride and in this particular situation he finds one that we're going to assume is going to be his bride in the future but he finally finds a human who's, like, not afraid of him because they thrive off of fear. The more you fear them, the more likely they are to kill you or to eat you or to hurt you, to harm you. Um, But she has fear. She's more of a fighter of, I will persevere, I will fight back if I have to, I will go down with the fight. Um, And at some point, she wanted to be a demon slayer for that reason, to be able to travel but also kill demons. So she has some fear because, obviously, you're fighting something that can kill you but her fear is lessened and she's inquisitive and she just wants to know more about him and at this point in the story I've gotten two floor play scenes it's a little bit hard to describe what she describes his penis as but basically it has tentacles and There is a sack of some sort. It has done under like a protective layer. She describes it really well. I'm doing it no justice. But them being so different has been really cool to read about. Because in most monster fucking books, for the most part, the monster with the vampire werewolf, even alien and all of that, they all look humanoid in some way, shape, or form. And so we expect that their genitals work the same way. But in this particular book, Because his are so different, I'm actually very excited to see what the actual sex scene will sound like. Because it sounds like penetration is going to be able to be in, like, multiple holes at once and everything. And that sounds very, very cool and not so confined to, like, a human and a humanoid decide to have sex today. And it's exactly the same way you're always used to seeing it. Like, I think it takes some imagination to do a monster fucking scene and flip it on its
0: head. Totally agree with that. And uh, I too have Kindle Unlimited. And I've had some pretty great success by putting in a search term, African-American paranormal romance. You don't want to just say Black because there is a characterization of what Black romance is and they equal that to dark. So you can get white people. I think that's how
1: I got a dust walker, if we're being honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you got to say (laughs) African-American. Uh, which sucks because that also means that you're not gonna get the Caribbean stories. You're not gonna get the African stories or anything like that unless you know their name because it's, it may not come up. I do have a recommendation that I read and it <laughs> by a black author with a black protagonist. but I think that the monsters are white presenting, so it will be an interracial monster fucking uh, book. And it's a duo by Kimberly Lemming. And it is The Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon. The second book, The Time I Got Drunk and Yeeted a Love Potion at a Werewolf. Both of those were pretty funny and steamy quick reads that you can find on Kindle. Uh, Lady A, is there anything else you'd like to add? Any recommendations that you might have?
2: I am literally like the gif of the girl taking notes right now. (laughs) Okay. I'm literally writing down so many titles. Um, I am one of those people. I don't like the Kindle thing, guys. I just like to feel things in my hands pun intended um anyway so I consume a lot of media through like television like movies and, and tv and that kind of thing so I also read voraciously I just I'm getting back into it it's a thing so anyway I don't I off the top of my head as of right now I can't think of any book or anything that I've come across as like yeah this this would be good for this um but I'm definitely going to read everything that you guys have been talking about
0: well right <laughs> i mean you're talking to like two of the people and madame Lizette and i who are all about it <laughs>
1: in terms of reading so and it's not a okay so it's not a book but it is a podcast technically it's two of them they're made by the same set of creators but the voice actors are different the first one is called fuck humans and it's humans and succubus lizard dragon type monsters I'm and already in the next one um but mostly queer the to the cup co- the main couple are both male but there is a lesbian couple and then there is a heterosexual couple as well that you meet throughout the story and it's so funny because in this world they're not like humans and they're not supposed to be interspecies relationships but they all work together and so they deal with each other all the time and it's funny how they start to discover oh you're not. a You're in an interspecies relationship too? Oh, you are too? Me too! And (laughs) having to keep the secret and everything. So I would say it's funny, but there is like some stress to it because these characters are trying to figure out like how do I deal with this, this, this attraction that I have? And then also once they decide they're going to do it, how do I like prevent myself from being locked up in jail? Because it's against the law. So it's really, really good. The other podcast is called Monstica monsters and erotica. So, monstica same creators. Every story a, or every episode is a different monster of some sort. So, um, one story is a black female scientist and a tentacle monster, one is a priest and the devil, um, which I, I thought that one was funny. Another one is Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde and them falling in love with someone but also having multiple personalities and having different appearances so that one was actually kind of dope um they have another one i believe that's about krampus and then there's one that i think is a demon and a human and all of these are queer leaning so it's usually um, a lesbian couple or a gay couple or potentially like a transgender character of some sort or it's just legitimately like the tentacle monster we're not sure if it's male or female but you do know that your main female character is a, she's a woman and she's also black. Those have been my two favorite monster fucking related podcasts. And I, that's how I figured out that I liked monster fucking because I was looking for stories to read and then our stories and podcasts or something to find audio. And I stumbled across the description for fuck humans. And I was like, that sounds interesting. And then I just jumped down the rabbit hole and I've been here ever since.
0: And if any of the listeners has any other suggestions, please tweet us. And obviously, we all want to know. And I'll be sure to retweet it. Madame Lizette, you made me think of something else with those descriptions. And that is Little Nas X's video, Montero, call
1: me by your name. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen the video, Montero is the, he's a human who, but also there is a lot, like a lot of different biblical stories. So they do Adam and Eve, Lucifer falls from grace, and the devil's falls from grace, and all of that. But he plays both sets of characters. So he plays the human character and the devil, and they're attracted to each other. And that's the problem: is the human is attracted to the devil, but not just like Eve eating the apple, but legitimately having a physical attraction to the devil. And it's, it's actually pretty good. It's comedic, but they were very upset about his portrayal of uh, biblical events.
0: And the yeah, showroom.
2: the saints were mad. The saints were mad. I really like that video and song. <laughs> and so for me, I, I do identify as a Christian, but I watched the video and I was like, oh, man, I love him so much. And also, where can I get those boots? Because when he slid down that pole to hell, I was like, I need them boots.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was right. Wow. That's what you needed, the boots.
2: Yes. I love fashion. I work in fashion. And I was like, I need a pair of those immediately.
3: I've never seen it, but I'm just, that's what you took away was the boots.
1: I mean, it was some real good looks. The hair was phenomenal. The boots were dope. I understand. Exactly.
0: All right. Well, I do have another book before we start wrapping up and giving our final thoughts. And that is The Gilda Stories by Jewel Gomez. It is about a Black lesbian vampire and her erotic tales throughout time. That's a classic. There's a lot written about it. It just came out with this 25th anniversary edition. So it was groundbreaking at the time of its release. If you're looking for more of like a classic erotica, monster fucking, there is one. And then also African Immortals, that series by Tanner Reeve Dew. Lady D and I, as well as the Book and Bubbles podcast, did a podcast on the very first one, My Soul to Keep. So stay tuned. Is there anything else anybody would like to say? Let's start with Madame Lizette. Anything else you would like to say about Beyoncé Renaissance, erotica, monster erotica? This is time for the benediction. All hearts and minds clear.
1: I would say the one thing that i appreciate about like this era of Beyonce that we are receiving um whether it's self-titled or lemonade or black is king or renaissance every album you can tell she's taking agency of her sexuality and of her body and i think that is a very important message when it comes to like enjoying monster fucking if it gets a little rough and you're just like this is not for me bow out it's fine um it's not for everybody but like i said earlier the one thing that i appreciate in most monster fucking type movies television shows books and everything is that there's always a lot of consent involved and that feels good cuz it yes there is a difference of species i guess you would call it and the rules are not the same because usually one person is super, super, super overpowered by in comparison to the other person. And their biggest fear is like, am I going to hurt you? And being able to be like, Hey, not going to hurt you. Are you comfortable? Are you good? Is everything all right? Is really important to monster fucking. And I think that sometimes that line gets blurry and it gets a little bit too aggressive. And (laughs) then it's like, I'm not enjoying this because I just feel like you're causing trauma, causing pain. Not in the mood to find pleasure, but to just hurt that other person. So that would be my final thing about this whole situation.
0: All Thank you so much for joining us, Lady A.
2: Yeah, I would say what I love about Beyonce and how we started is like, you know, she's been so omnipresent almost in the entertainment industry, at least in my lifetime and kind of my coming of age. And so I feel like I've kind of grown with her. And the more I listen to her music, I'm not only inspired as a performer and artist, but I'm also empowered as a woman. And hearing the type of music and the lyrics that she is delivering to us, it makes me feel comfortable that I can express myself and that I can feel comfortable in my sexuality and expressing myself and how I see fit and I think that's really important um, especially because I feel like in our patriarchal society that's not always encouraged and leaps and bounds have been made but we still have a long way to go you know we still have people out here trying to control what women do with their bodies and so I think it's just really important for artists like Beyonce to keep pushing that envelope. And as far as monster fucking, I do like what Madame Lizette mentioned, like the constant consent. Um, I think even with monsters, I think that's um, important to model and hopefully that gets more and more normalized. And I just now have a lot of things on my list to read and listen to and I'm so excited.
0: All right now, Um, first of all, power to the people. I am probably will be saying that a lot because I think that that's what we need here. Because as Beyonce said, America's got a problem. Piggybacking on what you said about uh, both of you about consent, but also the empowering and messages of this Renaissance album and doing what you want to do with your body. I think that that's a great allegory for monster fucking because it's normally about, wait a minute, you can do what you want to with your body, as long as you do it under heteronormative circumstances, right? So to say, hey, actually I can be queer if I want to, I can fuck that tentacle monster if I want to because it is my body and I can find pleasure in that. Or as um, Aji Lord said, the power and the uses of the erotic and connecting to my body and not deal with the oppressors. That's a wonderful thing. I'll say that in the show notes, I will tweet some uh, links where some sites have recommended some books to correspond to each Beyoncé song from the Renaissance, and also some articles on sexuality and speculative fiction. And the last word is yours, Lady
3: D. Thank you, Madame Lizette and Lady A, for joining us to talk Beyoncé's Renaissance and monster fucking it is always a pleasure to have you all and we of course would like to have you back again as always um i think we had a very good discussion and i think our listeners are gonna love it thank you guys thank you for having me
2: this was so fun it was
3: glad to hear it well thank you everybody for joining us and this is lady d saying bye and along with lady h Bye. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for coming along on another fantastic journey. Don't miss an episode by subscribing to our podcast and your favorite pod catcher. Let us know what you think of this episode by tweeting us at Watch With You Pod, sending us an email at watchwithyoupod at gmail.com, or leaving us a review. And please spread the word, add us to your syllabi and cite us.